Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good, good. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for for joining. It's a beautiful day in, in Duluth. In Duluth. Yeah. Thursday. We're a day later, or a couple days later than... Is it Thursday? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday Sorry. today. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. We're one day later than we normally are, but it worked better today to do it, mm-hmm. or this week to do it today, so... Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's things are starting to happen. Yeah, so, you know, there's more life in the parish. Right, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so yeah, just was worked out today. So, um, yeah, but we have a, a good amount of things kind of on the horizon. Sure, coming up before us. Yeah, what do we have? Faith formation. Yeah, so that's starting soon. I don't actually know the to- the actual start date. Start date, you know? I think. Um, be the total. So I think we have an information night or something on the the twelfth of okay. September, and then the fifteenth I want to say is like the start date. Okay. So, yeah, it's coming fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's coming up soon. You can uh, go on to our website at catholicduluth.org and you can register there. Yeah. Um, and you can also probably call the parish office. Yeah. Um, you can probably pick up pick up like a form from the parish office too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so those are your options for registration. Yeah, we have uh, oh, we have the well-read mom thing tonight, but people probably aren't going to hear this before tonight. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can hear how 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 wonderful it was. Uh, we have oh, Peter Specht is his last weekend coming up, so he's the seminarian that's been living with me for the summer, and uh, this is his last weekend, so he'll be going, I think, home for a few days and then head off to school. Um, what else do we have? Oh, the parish picnic. Mm-hmm. Yep, parish picnic. Find your uh, your beanbag partner uh, to to be in the competition. I'm I'm uh, expecting stiff competition for this prize purse that that will be part of that. Um, yeah, so that's um, going to be um, after, September 11th. Yeah, after mass on sub- Saturday, September 11th, after the four o'clock mass at St. Lawrence. So it's for the whole cluster. Understandably, maybe some people might not come because it's not at their parish, but the idea is we have to have it somewhere. Let's have it at after Mass on Saturday because that makes sense. Um, so we'll have a meal and some games. I think there's going to be bingo, a bouncy house. These are sort of things we're talking about. Ooh, I think I overheard conversations about beer being served. So mm-hmm. yep, there'll yeah, be it's going to be a wild party. Served, so I might have to be... Uh, Cut some people off. No, <laughs> hopefully people drink responsibly. Uh, so yeah, things like that. Um, is there some other things? Um, yeah. So there is um, the St. Lawrence renovation. Oh yes, we're going to be talking about that. So letters are going to be going out probably a Monday. Um, just inviting people to hear more about it if they haven't heard about it before. The finance council, because I was going to just distribute pledges this weekend and just say pick one up if you want. Um, but the finance council wanted me to send something out. So I'm sending out a letter just kind of informing people about the process thus far and then inviting them to, to contribute to the uh, to the effort uh, financially. So either make a pledge or send a check or whatever. Obviously not everybody's going to want to do that or be able to do that, but for those who would like to is kind of the idea. 
we want to make it possible for you to do so. So here's how you do it. That's kind of the point of the letter. So Yeah, and there will be some information there, but the, we're, all, we're also putting all that information online. Right. And we'll right. continue to add to it as um, yeah. So the content online. As we get more. Hopefully we'll... So will be another way for people to to see about it because yeah we're supposed to be starting in september and the woodcarver said that he would send us photos so maybe that'd be of interest to people to see the work in progress or whatever oh so, yeah yeah, yeah that'd be so cool. i don't know how often that will happen but that was part of the daily conversation yeah today we finished <laughs> the uh little spindle here yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't know if our uh if our eyes would be able to notice the difference yeah. in the day, like from day to day. day. Yeah. There was <laughs> some sanding done today. Uh, um, so yeah, that'll be, I'm going to try to mention that this weekend. I've yet to figure out what I'm going to talk about in the homily. So I don't know. I, I don't, don't typically like to do those things during the homily, but there, there's been some suggestions that I, from the finance council about some things I need to talk about. So anyway, that's neither here there nor there. A- anything else that I'm missing? Um, you had some finance council meetings, but that's kind of... Oh, yeah. Kinda yep. it, so. Yeah. So we had our... So typically when we do finance council, we do a full round. So one for each parish. So we did two last week and we had the last one uh, yesterday. So um, we're going to be changing up some members. So there'll be some uh, change out of members. Um, all that is talked about in the bulletin this weekend, I believe. Uh, or maybe that was last week. I, I can't remember. Um, and then a couple of the trustees... Um, the two at St. Joseph and one at St. Lawrence are going to be switching out as well. So more information on that in the bulletin if you're interested. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the, the the nice nitty-gritty of uh, parish life. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have we have money and we're going to spend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, well, yeah, so this week uh, we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about um, some different kinds of prayer. Um, and we're really kind of doing this as almost like, like a primer for something that we're going to be starting uh, next month. And in the next kind of following months, we're going to kind of trial it out and see how it works, but we're going to do some kind of guided prayer meditation things. Sure. Uh, like w- once a month as a, like, uh, as a podcast. Sure. Sure. Kind of like helping people know how to pray, sort of showing them. Yeah. Would you even call it maybe a workshop Would that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, here's how you do it. And we're going to do it a little bit, a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of people um, when they hear about other different kinds of prayer, they're like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds great for somebody who knows how to do it." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but but kind of like, well, how does that act? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can give people, you know, principles and stuff. But like, I, I know I'm definitely one of those people that if I don't have it like modeled to me, mm-hmm. I feel like very unconfident in trying yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's always helpful. Oddly enough, for me, what's been helpful is also to have like a little sheet to like, okay, now you do this part, mm-hmm. and now you do this part, <laughs> kind of like to show you these are the steps, and uh, you know, it's like learning how to swing a golf club. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how to swing a golf club very well, so this maybe applies to me more. But there's things you do and you don't do, and there. But when you're swinging, if you're a good golfer, you don't think about like, okay, now I'm, I got my knees bent and my arm straight or whatever you whatever you mm-hmm. the, your stance is right and all that you don't think about those things because you're so trained you just do it right but it's kind of like that with prayer in, in the beginning you got to think about all these things and kind of go through the steps so that you're doing it right so that your your swing per se is is correct so you get so it functions well um and then as you get more and more into it 
you don't have to think about all those steps. It just comes becomes natural. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a really good way of thinking about it. Um, and uh, so so yeah, today we're going to be talking just about uh, three different types of prayer, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of using these as these are maybe some of the more I I, I guess I won't say basic, but um, very like popular. Uh, kind of prayer traditions in the church. Mm-hmm. Those being uh, uh, Lexio Divina, which goes back to, you know, I mean, as long as there's been scripture, there's been Lexio Divina. Mm. And then um, Ignatian Med- Meditation, which came from uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who we talked about last week a little bit, Yeah, uh, in the 1400s. So he kind of, um, and th- then again, people probably maybe did this before that, but he's the one who kind of put it together and was like, hey, here's a way, like a model, yeah. a way yeah. that we can pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one being intercessory prayer, which is something that probably most of us already do, yeah. but, um, but just think about it and maybe like a more like actual, like way to pray. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. So where should we start? Um, let's start with Lexio Divina. Okay. So Lexio Divina just means divine reading. That's the word. Um, and, uh, there's. More or less four steps in it. Some people will add one or more, but um, basically it's like we're going to take some of the scriptures and we're going to sit with it and try to allow God to speak to us. So um, just a quick overview is you, you want to have a piece of scripture that you're going to read. You want to have that picked out beforehand. Uh, a lot of times people would start with something like the Gospels because those are pretty easy to, to work with versus something like... Um, like numbers or yeah or, yeah. or uh, even something like the psalms could be but it can be kind of abstract and hard to so i would i would suggest pick like a passage of the i mean think of something like um peter walking on the water or uh the prodigal son or you know the parables there's lots of parables these can be fairly easy to to get at with lexia but you can do it with any piece of scripture but i think in the beginning especially it's nicer to have something that's a little bit more um, easier to grab onto, if that makes sense. So, uh, you want to have a piece of scripture picked out. You're going to read it, and it shouldn't be too long. You don't want it to be like the chapter, or even maybe a, a whole. Um, you know, obviously not a whole book. So, probably not more than like ten verses, and that might even be too much. So, something that's digestible, like something you can sit with, because you're not trying to like read the passage and. Get it, get it all figured out. You you want something that's kind of a, a section, if you can, uh, but so like a parable or something like that. But then that's easy enough that you can read it through, and and then you're basically so you're reading it. You picked it out. You're reading it, and then what sticks out to you? That's kind of what you're you're waiting for. Is the Lord? You're you're asking actually asking the Lord to speak to you through the scriptures. So you're not trying to figure out what does this passage say. Uh, on an intellectual level in terms of like what did the divine author mean or or how can we interpret this like there, there's some aspect of that but what we're focusing on is Lord I'm coming to the scripture to encounter you like this is an encounter between me and God and we're trying to allow God to speak to us so in some sense the scripture that we pick is not that important because it's not about me picking out something uh, that's going to more fruit or less fruit. It's it's more like 
Lord, I want to encounter you, and the scripture is the way that I know you're going to speak to me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a little hard for people to understand exactly why that, like, why do we do Lexio Divina? The whole point is to encounter the Lord and allow the Lord to speak to you. So, Lexio, you're reading. That's the first step. You read it. You read it through. Uh, make sure you understand what it's saying. So some, I don't know if you ever had that experience where you read something and you're like, I don't know what that just said. Yeah. And you go back and you read it again. I still don't quite. And then you, so read it until you get a sense of like, I understand what this is saying on a, on a very basic level. Not like what's the in-depth hidden message or the three layers deep of, of pondering this, but just on the basic level, um, you know, the annunciation, the, the angel appeared to Mary okay, I get that, and then Mary said something, and then the angel said something. Okay, so I get what's happening here, versus like, I don't, I didn't catch any of that. So make sure you understand what, what's being said. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the reason why the Gospels are a good place to start rather than numbers or mm-hmm. maybe some of the like obscure books of the Old Testament that we don't understand the context. Yeah, exactly. So then you're going to start to meditate, and that's often where you're looking for what phrase or what word or what thing stuck out to me when I read this? And trying to even ask little questions to yourself, like, why did that stick out? Why is that sticking out to me right now? What, you know, um, maybe to make it a little bit more concrete, so back to the Annunciation, uh, why, maybe maybe when you read the Annunciation, what sticks out to you is, is Mary's uh, question, how can this be? Or... Maybe it's her response. Let it be done unto me. Um, maybe that sticks out to you. So then you start to meditate. What are you? What are you saying to me, Lord? What What does this mean? And you're you're thinking about both. Maybe you're starting to think about like how does it, how was that for Mary or how was that for me? And you're you're sort of looking at that passage and you're just kind of meditating. And you're thinking about it. It's more. I would say that the meditation is a little bit more intellectual. It's more like I'm driving the boat. Um, versus we're going to talk about contemplation where God is driving the boat. So um, you read it and you ponder it and you kind of just think about it. Let it kind of, let your mind kind of maul over it and think about it and and ask little questions. Why is, that, why, am I, why is this sticking out to me? So for instance, what's your circumstance in your life that's going on that makes you maybe think about this? Um, for instance, if you happen to be pregnant, neither you or I are ever going to have this experience, but if, if, if we know someone who's pregnant or we know someone who's um, maybe someday if you get married or something and you, your wife is pregnant, this, might, this passage might strike you in a different way just because of your context. Does that make sense? Versus sort of a, just an abstract thing. So sometimes our situation in life will allow us to be looking at a piece of scripture, excuse me, uh, just a little differently. And so mm-hmm. to be aware of that and to use that, it's like... You don't have to say, well, because of my circumstances, I don't want to be thinking about this, whatever. No, your circumstances dictate how you're reading the passage and how it sticks out to you and why it sticks out to you. So that's okay. So meditation, you're thinking about it. Then oratio, that's the prayer piece. So now I'm moving from thinking intellectually, kind of ruminating over something to moving into prayer. Lord, what are what are you saying to me about this? Or this is what it's made me think about. Or, Lord, I'm I'm moved by this uh, because it it makes me think of a past experience that I've had, or whatever. So it's it starts to become a prayer, not just intellectual in my head, but I'm starting to move from my head 
in my, into my, uh, in from my heart to the Lord. I'm kind of reaching out to the Lord and, and reaching outside of myself to kind of connect with the Lord. So does that make sense? Where we've started mm-hmm. with the Word, we've read it, we've pondered it, and now from that pondering, we move to encountering the Lord and trying to to reach out to Him and. Maybe it's a question or maybe it's a statement that we're praying that our, our, our words become a prayer. And so this is a really good way to to grow in um, free-flowing prayer, I guess, or free, free, free-form prayer. So not Hail Marys and Our Fathers and Glory Bees, like rote prayers that we memorize and we say. Those are good, right? But this is a way to grow in that just speaking from the heart to the Lord and just really having a way to move from rote prayers to um, really speaking to the Lord from where our experience is, what, what's on our mind, and so forth. So that's what oratio is, is moving, moving outside of ourselves. And then contemplatio, contemplation. So uh, lexio is read, medit- meditatio, meditation, uh, oratio, prayer, now we're going to contemplatio or contemplation. This is where we really invite the Lord to speak to us. So we've we've prayed now, we've we've read, we've meditated, we've prayed, and now we kind of, in some sense, kind of try to quiet our heart and see, is there something that comes forward? And it's not often going to be like an audible voice in our mind just saying, Father Eli. I will tell you this now, the secret that you've been pondering, blah, blah, blah. No, it's going to be more a, a motion of the heart. Maybe I'm consoled by thinking about something, or maybe I'm, uh, as I'm contemplating and praying about something, um, there's something that I move to to consider or move to, to, to sort of say, I think I should, I think I should respond in this way. I think the Lord is inviting me to, to not be worried about this or to, or to pay more attention to this thing, whatever. So it's, it sounds very vague and random, but it's all dictated by what your prayer has been, what your meditation has been, and now what contemplation is. So that the you, you're going to this whole process in faith that God is going to speak to you, that God wants to speak to you, that when we go to prayer, he wants to speak to us. And so it's not just me um, kind of making this all happen, but it's me going to the Lord with the expectation that the Lord actually wants to speak into my life. And that's what uh, makes Lexio Divina so powerful, is that it, it, it's based on this understanding that God actually wants to speak to us. And so um, the contemplation might take a little work. to. Kind of, I think that's probably the hardest piece for people to do, is to sit back and kind of try to rece- receive and discern what is God's voice and what is just my own inner mind, because sometimes it's hard yeah. to shut off the mind. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Those steps. Yeah. So there's more to be said, but yeah, yeah. And I think something that like really helped me when I was first kind of learning this and doing this is actually just like like writing it all down mm-hmm. or like journaling the steps. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, even being so like here's my meditation. Yeah. Here's, here's my yeah. And here's yeah. What so I, think. I would I would write like whatever like the scripture was. Mm-hmm. Um. So like like write just like oh I'm reading like Luke five verse 12 through whatever. Sure. And then um, kind of write down like, oh, this is like what stuck out to me, whether it was like a image or a word or a thought or whatever. Right. And then kind of write down like a little bit of the meditation and then like write like a little like maybe sentence or two like prayer or something. Um, 
Yeah, I, th- I, th- I used to journal for years my prayer time. I would journal pretty much every every day or most days. I recently stopped um, maybe maybe two years ago just because I found it was it was like becoming like a work like oh I got a journal mm-hmm. again instead of just being in the meditation or in the in the contemplation or whatever and so for me I just felt kind of moved to, to let that go there's not there's there are times when I still journal but it's not as regular mm-hmm. and um, and maybe someday I will pick it up again but for right now it's it, it's one of those things when you pray a lot and you have a regular thing of prayer sometimes you have to be willing to say I can let that go I don't have mm-hmm. to do that <laughs> and uh, so it, it took me a while to kind of let go of that yeah, yeah, and, and and yeah, that's definitely one of those things. Where it's like depends like what you need. Like like for some people, um, it's just like oh, if I don't like write this down, like like when you can get into like task mode, where like oh, I have to write everything down, mm-hmm. and you don't actually like pray at all. You just yeah. write everything. Every every thought <laughs> is held captive. Um, <laughs> so so you know that that's something too. Where I have to be a little like just like self conscious of like like how am I like yeah like how am I feeling and what like mm-hmm. what's what's my goal out of this? Is it to, is it to encounter God or is it to like get it done? Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and I think that takes experience to kind of learn definitely, how yeah. to do that. So, I mean, I've definitely for myself, uh, prayer is something I'm always growing in, but, um, especially in the beginning, it was really like, you think you're so advanced and then you're like, Oh, this isn't going so well. Or yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck on this thing. I can't, I can't get anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Lexo Divina? Um, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I think there's more you can do, like there's more steps that some people will add on, like the response. But I think the idea is the the main kind of thing of Lexio Divina is to encounter God through his word. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the main thing or kind of, it's a way in which God speaks to us through his scripture which is a powerful way to pray because we know you know sometimes people want to do this with with spiritual books or um with other kinds of books and i'm not saying you can't do that similar kind of thing with other books but god's word is god's word so it's we know it's there's always goodness coming from god's word whereas other authors they don't have that divine author right so it's not uh it's not that they're bad but that they aren't going to be good to to pr- to pray with. But God's word is, is always has a particular way for us as Christians that we know God is present to us in His word. So, yeah, there's a certain power that comes from that. Yeah, so, you know, Scott Hahn is great, but he's not God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, good. Well, let's um, let's talk um, maybe a little bit about, about Ignatian contemplation. Sure. Because um, it's. To a certain, like on maybe a face value, it's similar to Alexia Divina, mm-hmm. um, but the kind of meat of it is a little, is very different. So yeah, um, I, I have to admit. So I'm, I'm looking up on my phone right now. What are the steps or whatever? But I don't use Ignatian prayer as much as I've I've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I've used as as regularly as Alexia Divina. But yeah, I I like in. Like I haven't really done this m- really much at all lately, okay. but yeah, I've gone through like seasons in yeah. like my past. And do, have you have you used um, 
uh, the Timothy Gallagher one like book because he he uh, writes he's a got book. several he's yeah I don't have does he have one on specifically Ignatian prayer yeah okay I've not done that one I've done the spiritual um, uh, d- discernment of spirits and I've looked at the one where he does the um, uh, what's it called the examine prayer okay so those are the two I'm familiar with but I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, so he has one. He might have two actually. One's like a beginner level, and another one's like more Sorry. like okay. intermediate. And um, and that's actually really good. So if you're like if this appeals to you, but you don't like don't know where to start, like yeah. he he does a has he has like a book with like I don't know, like maybe twenty different like yeah like chapters, and each chapter is like um like a scripture passage, and then sure. he just basically walks you through. Um, like doing an Ignatian like yeah. contemplation yeah. about it. So yeah. yeah, and Father Timothy Gallagher, he's a good author. Just to kind of give you a baseline of a lot of these ways of prayer. So if we're talking and it's not making sense, you might just look up these books that he writes and yeah. and get one of those, and that might be a better thing for you. Some people are different. Um, in general, I think Lexu Divina is more kind of like a reading and thinking about things, Ignatian contemplation is more like sort of a visual. So it might appeal to different people depending on mm-hmm. who you are. If you have a really strong imagination or a powerful imagination, this may be a very powerful way for you to pray, or maybe not. might be just distracting. But um, So just a thought to, to share on that. So Ignatian contemplation, it kind of starts very similar. You want a passage of Scripture to, to pray with, um, and you're going to, Pick that passage, and again, it should be something that's manageable, not too long. And then you're going to read it. You're going to read it until you kind of know the story of it. So again, um, let's let's pick something else. The nativity. Let's just do the nativity. So Christmas, the Christmas story, and it, you don't have to do the whole thing. You can just be in this in the um, at the inn and at the stable. Um, and the, the shepherds are coming, or maybe it's the wise men are coming, whichever. Um, so you're there, and you read it until you know it. You don't have to think about it. And then what happens is you kind of put yourself in the story. I am the grasshopper uh, sitting in the stable. That might be a little strange. No. Uh, but maybe, I'm, maybe I put myself in the story. Of I'm, a, I'm watching the whole scene, or maybe I'm one of the characters. Maybe I'm Joseph. Maybe I'm Mary. Maybe I'm Jesus. I don't know. Um, yeah, you could be like one of the wise men. Like, yeah, you could yeah. be one of the wise men. You could be the innkeeper. I mean, you just you're you're putting yourself in the story. You're using your imagination to kind of get into the world of the scripture and be present there, and then just kind of see again. The whole idea is God is going to meet me here. I'm not just. I'm. It's not just an imagination time where me to go off into La La Land and be like, oh, and then. You know, then the the disco ball is mm-hmm. t- no, no. Yeah. The disco. It's not historical fiction. Or yeah, a historical. No. Yeah, you're yeah. you're not yeah. writing choose your own adventure sort of thing. But it is to some degree, you're going there to encounter the Lord. So, you start with the scripture, you place yourself in the scene. The more imaginative and detailed you can be in imagining the scene, the more helpful typically, and then you kind of start to see what are you noticing or what is what is God bringing to the fore? What is God showing you? Um, so you might, so sometimes people have this experience of like, I was, uh, I was Joseph and I was looking over at Mary and just marveling at her 
her calm demeanor in the in the midst of her giving birth in this stable or I was looking at the baby Jesus and just marveling at how beautiful this was or you know people start to kind of imagine but it, it it's the tricky part is you don't want it to just be just a, a thought experiment it's not just me thinking but it's me being guided by the Holy Spirit so you're really invo- invoking the Holy Spirit the, the, the Lord to really guide you through this experience and you're you're again noticing the things why is this sticking out to me or why why is the Lord showing me this thing and and this aspect or making this kind of come come to mind so um, it's another way to get at the scriptures um, but again it, it all relies on the fact that we're asking the Holy Spirit to guide the meditation and not just be a thought experiment yeah yeah uh, something that I found online and I should have said where I found this but um, but it talked about how like it's a very like it's an active way of praying that engages the mind and the heart mm-hmm. um, which which I think that's like a good just a good kind of way to think about it because we yeah we don't want to just engage the mind mm-hmm. and just think about it yeah but we want to like engage the heart too and be like man like what was like like how was how, like like yeah what was it like to like hold Jesus when he was a baby like you know even just like thinking about it, like something like that and like how does that like Right. Like and then, and then and then you know there's probably like the deeper level like, of like okay like what's God trying to like speak to me through this too right because right? Right. I, I think that's probably the tricky for part for people oftentimes they can get into the image but then it's like what does this mean or what is God trying to tell me yeah and that's I think where it takes again the experience of kind of uh, being there and not trying to force anything but at the same time being uh, open and then being able to interpret. What does that mean? Um, so that's sometimes something that if you're on a directed retreat, for instance, and you get all these meditations you're supposed to do Ignatian meditation with, um, sometimes the, the director, you share your experience and you're sitting there going, I don't, I was in the stable and I saw Mary and Joseph and I, I didn't, whatever. And so you, you just, you kind of describe your, what you see and you're not seeing much in it. And then your director might, if they're an experienced director, they might be able to say, well, what about this? Or tell me about that. And they might be able to direct you to something. Not always. Um, and it's not their job to insert anything, but it's just you're in there. What did you notice? And kind of pointing out the things that you notice. And sometimes they, they can help you come to a recognition of what what maybe that the Lord was trying to say to you or show you in that meditation. So, um but as you as you do it more and get more adept at it, again, hopefully, you become more and more familiar of how the Lord reveals Himself in those meditations. So, yeah, and I think I mean you kind of mentioned this before, but like, like, really, you know, praying that like the Holy Spirit comes and like guides us, but then also like, kind of too with, um, Divina about like trusting that like the Lord is like also there and communicating to you mm-hmm. through it, right? Um, but the Lord is always available to us. It's not like we we didn't do it right or we mm-hmm. we screwed it up or or something. I mean, we can be distracted. We can um, maybe pick a passage that's more or less helpful. But at the end of the day, the Lord wants to speak to us, and we have to go in faith, knowing that that's that's true. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, it's definitely one of those things where you, maybe there's some days where you're just like, you know what, I can't do Ignatian meditation yeah. Yeah. today. Yeah, my Ignatian. <laughs> Meditation is a sandbox, and it's a sandstorm. <laughs> That's all I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this could definitely is probably 
um, like an extra lever level of difficulty, mm-hmm. just kind of depending on our own like imagination mm-hmm. and um, maybe creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like, yeah, a lot of um, like a lot of like depths that can be found. And y- you talked a little bit about like guided retreats. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. like there's a lot of different like retreats that will kind of specifically use this sort sure. of meditation. And I've gone on like one like three day. It was like a silent retreat. Sure. Um, but I know there's like you know there's thirty days. Yeah. Um, eight I, days. I, I've had I've had a couple friends go on like eight day retreats, yeah. and um, and just like hearing what they like like some of their like prayers yeah. you know after the fact and just being like oh wow that's that's really deep you yeah. know deep and, and beautiful how come and, i don't have those no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um and 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 i don't want to say that it's like you can go deeper than in lexio divina like i it kind of depends on, on the person or something yeah. but yeah. i i've heard many stories of people like who have come to like like ignatian kind of giving them like an avenue to like very like real healing mm-hmm. through like some of like their wounds mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which which th- that's also through more of the like guided like intense retreats. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the tricky part about both of these is it takes time to be able to go through that process, and sometimes you don't finish the whole process, like the four steps of um, you know Lexio Divina. You don't always finish them all. It's it's not a bad thing if you get stuck on just pondering you know uh but if if you only ever ponder and do the meditation then maybe it's maybe you need to work at that a little bit but um likewise with the meditation this um ignatian meditations maybe it takes a number of times one of the things that was stressed to me over and over when i was doing uh an eight day one time was it's not a bad thing to go back and go back into the scene or go back into the and just keep keep mining the depths until you get some clarity on what's going on there. Uh, but it's the wisdom sometimes of knowing, is there something there or should I move on? You know, so, um, but again, um, there's there's obviously great opportunities to meet the Lord when we go this way, but it's it takes time to, to be able to do that. You need to be kind of in a rested state and I mean, perfect world, mm-hmm. you have quiet or maybe a church, the Blessed Sacrament in front of you. But, you know, the Lord meets us where we are in our, in our circumstances. So, yeah, yeah, and kind of um, building off that a little bit, um, I I have had to get over the fact of like, oh, I need to like, I do this reading today, and then that, then, and then, then like I'm done, and then I go to the next reading tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, and just kind of get over that, and just be like, oh, actually, if there's something that's like really like sticking out to me, or is like really staying in my head, like you know use that one thing for like a week or two and just like, yeah. you know, as long yeah. as you need to, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but maybe two months ago, there was a passage, I forget, uh, I think it was in the Gospel of John and I basically sat with that like four verses or something for like the whole week and it was like, this is unusual, but it, it, there was just more there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kept going. So Yeah, yeah, and really like being able to like kind of take ownership and just like be free in it, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to finish this or anything. Like, got to finish the chapter today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, great. Uh, anything else you want to talk about when it comes to Ignatian contemplation? I think that's pretty good. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the last one that we're talking about today is intercessory prayer. Yeah. Um, and really, for intercessory prayer, like 
kind of means anything where we have, uh, where we're like interceding, mm-hmm. um, which could be like for others or even like for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, but wherever, um, we're like kind of just like asking God yeah. for something. Yeah. 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 Right? I, I think, um, this is probably, uh, at the base level, most of us know how to do this mm-hmm. to some degree because this is kind of what yeah. many people think prayer is, is I go to the Lord and I ask for things. <laughs> um, and the Lord wants us to ask for things, so it's not a bad thing. Intercessory prayer is a good thing. That's why at every Mass uh, we are given the opportunity for petitions. Um, actually, it's an optional part of the Mass, especially during daily Mass, so you don't have to have them. But um, most of the time we include them because it's it's a good thing and it's a good thing for us to do. So there's there's sort of uh, a way we do it at Mass. But when we are doing it in, as individuals, it's good. It's a good thing to do. Uh, but often I think when it's paired with other things. So you could pair it with one of these two other things that we've done, we've talked about, um, but maybe do it afterwards. So now that I've meditated or I've I've had some insight Lord, help me to be open to your grace or help me to see how to deal with this situation or help me to, or bless that person or help that person or whatever. Uh, Another thing when I'm praying the rosary a lot of times is very intercessory-based where I'll offer a particular decade or a particular Hail Mary for a particular intention or something Mm -hmm. like that. So um, I think intercessory prayer kind of, it's it's part of all prayer in some sense. All Mm -hmm. all prayer kind of leads us to asking for the Lord to, to do something for us or to help us or show us or whatever. I mean, so intercessory prayers is a big part of that. Um, and there's not necessarily like better or worse ways. I mean, I think sometimes the challenge is we ask for things and they don't come the way we like. And so then it seems like God isn't answering our prayers, yeah. but he, maybe he's just saying no or not yet or not right now or not in that way or whatever. So... Lord knows best. And so we speak from our own experience, right, of what seems to be a good thing for us, and we ask for it. It seems to me, Lord, from what I can tell, that it would be good if I didn't die tomorrow during this uh, whatever marathon or whatever. So um, we we pray for things, but um, then we entrust it to the Lord and, and ask that he, that his perfect will, because he knows all things, would be done in us, so it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of in like a spirit of like indifference a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, um, if you're, you know, I think uh, like a big thing is probably like parents praying for their kids. Yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and um, especially if they're maybe having going through like rough times in their life, yeah. and you know, yeah. pray, like praying for them. But then, you know, having like. I don't know about indif- indifference, but like detachment mm-hmm. or something, yeah. you know? Um, Please help our son to find a wife that's going to help him become a good man. Uh, unless he's supposed to be a priest. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> or you have another plan. Maybe mm-hmm. he's supposed to be single. Whatever. But yeah, it, it, I think it's... Um, I think becoming a parent or becoming um, someone who who's cares for somebody else you naturally pray for them and for their good and you worry about their, their concerns become your concerns and so forth. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. I think the way we intercede probably is somewhat connected to our maturity level. As we age and grow, we probably 
pray more for others than we do for ourselves, but maybe that's not always true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, that's kind of all that I have. I don't know. Do you have any other? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we could say more about it, but I think that's probably good for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully do some, uh, meditations with, um, uh, in, in, in the future. Um, might be a good little addition to this show. Please tell us if you if you like that or if you don't like that when when those happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> g- g- give us some feedback so we can know if that's uh, if that's like a good thing or. This, this was the worst episode ever. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, you know it's 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 kind of um, yeah. It can be kind of like weird. I think to like um, because not, not that like the prayers are real, but. You're, but like kind of like doing this to like, okay, we're going to record this. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of maybe like planned out a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like the laboratory. Um, and so, uh, I'm not familiar with, the I la- mean, laboratory. Yeah. Oh, well, you do experiments in the laboratory and a controlled environment so that you can make observations oh, and then, okay. yeah. and then make conclusions about them. So the prayer labs that we're going to be doing or whatever you want to call them workshops, it's a, it's a controlled environment by which hopefully we can see how to do it and mm-hmm. make some conclusions of how yeah. to do it and so forth. Yeah. But at the same time, God can't be controlled, right? Right, right, right. Good so, good point. So I guess... Uh, so I guess a good point, though, Daniel. You'll make a good point. I guess we will uh, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, great. Well, um, yeah, this will kind of be it for this week's show. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you... Can maybe take some of these these principles and use them, um, not just this week, but for the rest of your life. So, uh, yeah, if you have any uh, any thoughts about what we're doing, let us know. Um, but uh, either way, we will. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you again next time.